when I started it, it was really intended to be sort of a short-term thing to get people interested in the Coral Arts Society. But seeing it grow for 34 years and being a part of it that long has really been a thrill for me. It's, it's a part of the family. It's like my third child. Welcome to an episode of the Interesting People podcast today. I'm joined by Judy DeBose, the founder of the Frederick Children's Chorus. Judy, thank you for joining me. Good morning. I'm so pleased to be with you. So this is an episode quite long in the making. I had your daughter, Leon, on episode 16. Today, we're here talking about the Messiah sing-along. Yeah. This is your 24th. How did it get started and what can people expect? The short story is other people had done this in Frederick and did it for a few years and then didn't continue it. And then another group would start it and not continue it. And then nobody was doing it. So I said, you know, this would be a neat thing for our high school kids to learn. It's something they could always sing in colleges and in churches after they left us. It's a staple. It's not just the American culture. I mean, it was written by a German who lived in England. It's universal. <laughs> and you'll find Messiah sing-alongs going on everywhere. Japan, Hong Kong, India. I mean, they go on everywhere. It's just such a great piece of music. I love the twist of how you guys do it, too, because it happens in the Weinberg Center. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say acoustics, already great. Yep. <laughs> and you invite back, it's either a previous students or like you have like a bass, an alto, a soprano, and a tenor, I believe? Soloists. Soloists, Yes, yeah. we have soloists. Now, sometimes they are, in fact, former members of our chorus and sometimes not. But they're, for the most part, emerging young professionals. So this year we have a quartet from the Peabody Conservatory, and they were all either working on their master's this year or they have completed their master's at Peabody in performance and are all hoping to have have a career as professional classical singers. We like to tell people, always come to WFRE stuff. We had Taylor Swift in the street well before she was Taylor Swift. You could catch like the next great opera or sing star. That's entirely true. Yeah. Some of the folks who sang with us early in their career, like five to seven, ten years ago, are now working full time as recitalists and performing in operas all over the country. One of the fellows was in Alaska recently performing in an opera. And we have Colleen Daly, who was a Frederick native, is a professional singer as well. And she's not only been programmed for us, but once she had to step in when the soprano we had hired became ill. A big part of this is the sing-along. Yeah. What we love to do is have people who have either sung this before or who have heard it before and think it would be cool to sing along to come in and find a seat somewhere in the house and on the chorus is just join in singing. And it's really incredible to hear. I have the honor of conducting it. So I'm on the stage near the orchestra and near the children's chorus members who sing. But the people who have the best seats in the house are sitting somewhere around a group of friends who have come together and are singing. Hood College often brings students over from their choral program. There are lots of church choirs that come and sing together as almost as a tradition. There are families who come, so the whole family sings. And, you know, they've been introducing it to their kids since the children were old enough to sit quietly in an audience. <laughs> so the best seat in the house is to find a group of people who come in and they've got a ratty-looking copy of the score and they're laughing. Because that means that they're all set and ready to go. The person I sat next to last year Mm -hmm. had notes written all over it. My book does, too. (laughs) I I have my book with me here, and, and it has markings from not just conducting it, but also singing it as a student and singing it with the 
conductor of the Paul Hill Chorale at the Kennedy Center, where they do a Messiah sing-along always on December 23rd. How far have you traveled to see a Messiah? You know, you don't have to travel very far. <laughs> Living here in Frederick, I've been to Baltimore, I've been to Washington. When I lived in Westchester, Pennsylvania and was going to school there, we went to Philadelphia and sang it with the Mendelssohn Club Choir. They were the sponsoring organization. Robert Page was the conductor. And these are, you know, older names that people who have been involved in community singing and choral singing may have heard at one time, but both of those fellows have passed on now. You guys have a wider range of uh, kids in the course. I think you start anywhere from like three and going all the way up to like right before they graduate to college. That's right. How young are the kids singing on the stage? What's the youngest they get? Typically, these are our high school kids. So ah. they've been through the program, and now they're in a, a group called the Chamber Singers, and they sing in what is a traditional SATB setting. So the boys have changed voices, and the women are singing soprano or alto. But occasionally, one of our boys surprises us, and his voice changes in sixth <laughs> or seventh grade. So we kind of fast-track the boys so that they're ready to do this when the time hits. I think the youngest I'll have on stage this year will be a seventh grader. Oh, that's incredible. Yeah. I think I have two of them, actually, and this will be their first year performing The Messiah with us. How excited do you get when someone's voice drops a little early? You're like, oh, I got him for like another eight years. Yes. Yeah, that's kind of awesome. That's kind <laughs> of awesome. We actually had a, a young man come to us. He's a student at Urbana. He was at Urbana Middle School. When he was in sixth grade, his voice had already changed, and he couldn't sing in their choir. He would have been an octave lower than everyone else. So he was looking for a program where he could use his changed voice because it happened so much younger than his classmates. He still is a you know a wonderful singer. He's been to all state chorus a number of times, and he's involved in music programs at the middle school and high school. He didn't abandon their program. It was neat for him to find a place where he was not the only one. You guys seem to go into a lot of advanced techniques for singing, a whole bunch of different stuff like that. It's almost like an AP course of singing that kids can kind of supplement their music they're getting right now. It's true, and in fact, often our students as they're going through high school, select the AP program at Urbana or the Advanced Musical Studies program at TJ, and they find that they're really well prepared for it. They go into classes where they're learning theory, college-level theory, and they already know the material necessary for the first year, and so they can kind of slide through. It's real <laughs> neat. They, you know, What's challenging a lot of other students, because they may be seeing it for the first time, they've had since they were eight or nine years old. How early do you guys start rehearsing for the Messiah? They start in September, but we start them a year early. So our eighth graders now are learning Messiah for next year. It's just too much to learn alongside of a full winter program because mm -hmm. we performed last weekend two nights of music. We have concerts going on all the time. On Election Day, we took a touring group all around to various senior living communities oh, that's awesome. and sang a whole program of songs about freedom from all over the world. Let Freedom Ring was the name of that program. And it was one that we had done as our spring concert. So we just kind of polished off those songs and added some new singers. And they had to learn the whole program in about six weeks. Oh, that's amazing. Well, that's one of the things I like to think of is like, you guys are almost like the soundtrack of Frederick. If you're walking along and you randomly hear like, this Carolers. is real good singing. Like, what's, <laughs> what's up with this really great singing in mid-August? And you go down and you, oh, wait, it's the children's chorus. Yeah, yeah. We, we do keep them busy all year long. We're talking right now Monday. It is tomorrow 
night at the Weinberg Center. Are tickets mm-hmm. still available? They still are in- available. Yeah, you can walk right in and buy one at the door, or you can buy them in advance by calling the box office. Oh, fantastic. Looking ahead, though, okay. I know you guys are out in a couple of other events. You have the Historic Houses of Worship. You guys sing at one of the Houses of Worship, right? Calvary Methodist Church, right on Bent Street. Fantastic. We'll be there from 7 to 9 that night, and we'll present the same program twice. We'll, okay, we'll do cool. a 45-minute program, take a quick break, and then come back and do it again for later visitors. Any other programs before the end of the year? Yeah, we've been invited this year to sing a little short concert, about 30 minutes, before the interfaith service held at St. Catherine Drexel Church on New Year's Eve. Oh, that's incredible. Yeah, we're very excited about that. So people get a lot of opportunities. Rewinding to how this all started is in the first interview I had with Lee. She said this all kind of came out of the Core Arts Group, and you had the suggestion to increase audiences. Like, hey, if we have kids... That gets the parents, that gets the grandparents. That's that right. The... That's right. And it's got to be fun to see those families kind of grow up and getting like the the next in line. It's, like, oh, it's get them. true. Yeah, it's true. We do have some children of alumni in the chorus now. And their parents, you know, are just so you can just see them beaming, like re- <laughs> reliving or in some cases hearing a song that they learned when they were first beginning the chorus. And now their child is learning a song that they say, oh, I sang that when I was seven years old. It's really a lot of fun. I mean, that's the if you had someone who was a little music maker there. I mean, yeah. the, the the chorus is as old as I am. It's 33. So it's like if you had a little music maker, yeah. they're out in the world right now. That's so right. When it all started, 33 years in 1985, like, yeah. did you foresee it continuing this long? Or is, is this like completely different from how you thought this would all go? You know, when I started it, it was really intended to be sort of a short-term thing to get people interested in the Choral Arts Society. They have plenty of interest now, and in fact, some of my students continue to sing with them after they leave us. You know, (laughs) once they've graduated, they maybe go to FCC and sing along with that group. But, you know, seeing it grow for 34 years is—this is the 34th season—seeing it that long and being a part of it that long has really been a thrill for me. It's it's a part of the family. It's like my third child. Mm-hmm. Do you still go out and do you see people sing? Do you still I certainly do. Yeah, and sometimes I'm going to see former students conducting their choirs. <laughs> you know, I love to hear good professional choirs, so I'll travel a distance and sometimes a, a good act of singers will come to the Weinberg Center and they're not a choir, but they do what we do on a high level and it's nice to see where vocalists can go. One little extra shout out. Yeah. The little music makers, the little the little itty bitty ones. Yeah. Their outfits are always adorable. Oh. Does that just melt your heart when you see them go out there the first time in those it little outfits? Does. <laughs> it does. You know, we start them as three year olds, but the performances are done by children who were school age, so mm-hmm. um, kindergarten through third grade typically. And even then, they're just still kind of wiggly bundles of energy, and they're smiling <laughs> and waving at their parents. And, you know, sometimes they just sit down in the middle of the concert because they got tired, you know, yeah. kind of funny thing. <laughs> so, and I always tell the parents, please don't ever feel embarrassed because they are going to do what they are going to do. And our job is to prepare them for continuing in the program. So little by little, they start to notice that, oh, the eight-year-old didn't sit down, just me. So maybe I'm not supposed to do that. And the singing becomes much more musical as they continue to grow. And and we kind of enjoy encouraging that. And it's got to be neat to be in the exact same show with your high school peers. That's right. You're like a little kid and you're looking at it's like, I'm sharing the stage. Like, oh, oh I'm going to be that if I stick around. There is so much idol worshipery going on, you know. <laughs> the boys are particularly that way because they hear these older guys with, you know, the changed voices and they're like, oh, wow, I want to do that. One of the last shows, you guys had some scatting going on, which oh, is yeah. like, you never know what to expect. And- well, 
Yeah, that's another great thing about having a children's chorus is I get to pick the repertoire. And I don't have just a single style of music that I like. And I want kids to learn about lots of different things. So we sing music from Africa and China and India. We'll sing some Middle Eastern music in our upcoming spring concert. But we also do Broadway and we do jazz and we, you know, just all kinds of every kind of style you can imagine. So they can sing languages they may not be able to speak. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and, and that I can't speak. But, <laughs> but I get a pronunciation guide and I study it real hard and I listen to recordings and make sure that I'm accurate. And we have families. In our spring concert, I've selected music that represents the heritage of the families in the chorus. Oh, that's incredible. So we'll be doing music in a, a lot of languages that I'm not familiar with. And that'll be, you know, we'll call those families in to help us learn the languages. That's awesome. So your spring show sounds amazing. It's called Conversations Over the Fence. Oh, that's great. So if you think about walking out into your backyard and getting to know your neighbor and realizing that, you know, you have many things in common, but lots of differences, too, that you can share and grow from. Now, over-the-fence conversations are some of the best. Yes, they usually, are. Usually when two people are trying to put off Mo in their backyard. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, that's awesome. Thank you so much for coming in here, telling me about the Messiah Sing-Along tomorrow at the Weinberg Center. Make sure to stop on by. You do not want to miss this. If you just want to hear the singing, you can get away with it. Make sure to enjoy it. Just It's almost like you're swimming in the songs. You are surrounded by it. It sounds incredible. And if you have been wanting to sing, like you went to a Messiah years ago, you want to sing, this is the best chance to do it. There are some amazing voices that you can kind of piggyback on to get your mojo back. It's 100% worth checking out. Tickets still available. I end every interview with the exact same question. And this is a general question. What are you excited about? What are you looking forward to? Well, I'm excited about tomorrow's soloists, some of whom I haven't yet personally heard live. I've only heard recorded auditions, and I'm super looking forward to the spring concert. I'm just so happy to have that program looking ahead of me. Fantastic. Always the next performance, always the next song. Well, thank you so much for your time. It's been a pleasure. Thanks so much.